honest hockey talk and opinions. This is Penalty Box Radio. Live with Alex Doherty and Sean Smith on Smashville's best sports talk, 1025 and 1063 The Game and the Game Nashville app. And welcome into Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. We're also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. I'm your host, Alex Doherty. Joining me is Sean Smith. We are here to talk about the Nashville Predators. Sean, are you ready to do that? I'm ready to talk. <laughs> Today on the show, the Preds find themselves in good standing. They've won 13 of their last 17 games, four of their last five, but... They did lose last night to the Canucks, 5-2. to two. Sean, mm. we're going to talk about that. Exactly what happened, and also what happened with Michael McCarron. Oh, boy. We've got some things to talk about there. Also some takeaways from Andrew Burnett himself about two important young forwards on the roster. We're also going to talk about the defense, which is kind of in a strange place right now. And then we're going to dra- uh, wrap up with the 3-on-3 draft, of course. Don't forget, you can text into the show, 615-737-1025. Text in... Let us know what you think about the Preds right now. And also, you might answer this question, which is our puck drop topic of the day. Sean, what do you think Michael McCarron said to get thrown out of the game on Tuesday in the Vancouver game? Alex, uh, I'll tell you um, where I was located up in media row up there uh, as they were bringing Big Sexy to the penalty box. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he was trying to get back at... Uh, his 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 friend over there. Um, I believe he kind of pushed it to a point. The the ref was holding him back pretty hard. He was really trying to get through him, and I believe lip reading. Yeah, the f word was dropped. So you did some lip reading. Did some lip reading, and I believe he said the f word, which <clears throat> we're not going to talk about anymore. But and then he may have said off afterwards. Okay. So. Uh, I think he was asking him. Um, I, I think it was actually a little bit more friendly. Really? Well, okay, I, I also think, I don't think that it has anything to do with what he said. I think it has more to do with what he did. Oh. So I was looking into, into some of this. We're going to talk a little bit more about this as we go around the first segment, but uh, I, I almost wonder if maybe it was like the sort of persistence in trying to shove the referee off of him. He was really, I mean, he was really trying to get yeah. back. I haven't seen, I haven't seen a player get that... Right, uh, forceful trying to get through a ref in a while. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little much, and I, I think that was part of it. It had, it, I mean, could there have been something said? Yeah, of course, which we will talk about in a little bit. But I, I think it was almost maybe what he was doing rather than what he was saying. Sure. But we will talk about the Vancouver game in a second. Let's quickly recap the last couple games before that since our last show. The six-five overtime win in Carolina. Philip Forsberg with another winner. Tons of moments in this one. There were just some crazy moments, but. The Preds were down four to two, and then down five to three, and then Jeremy Lozon ties it, and then Philip Forsberg another winner. That was pretty crazy. He had two overtime winners back to back, and then uh, a couple days later, the three to one win over the Washington Capitals. Colton Sissons gets it started. Philip Tomasino has that breakaway goal that he used uh, the old move he used from his <laughs> yeah. days with the Niagara Ice Dogs, or yeah. he played a couple different teams actually. But um, Yakov Trenin puts him ahead, and then. I have a little mini rant here. Oh. At the end of the game, Tommy Novak gets dumped. Do you remember this? I do remember. So Tommy Novak gets dumped by, who was it, Nick Jensen, right? Yeah. Nick Jensen dumps him, uh, and the reason he did it is because, well, you explain it. 
John, why did he? Why did Nick Jensen dump Mister Mister Novak on the ice? Well, there was there was an empty net down there, Alex. He was going for the empty net. He had a breakaway. I mean, he was going to put the puck in the net. <laughs> I mean, it was undeniable that he had unhindered access and path toward the empty net. So the big the big issue is he he broke a rule, right? He broke it an unwritten rule, so to speak. About... Oh, you're talking I was thinking of something else. Oh. No, I'm talking you're thinking of the Cody Glass. Oh, thing. okay. Yeah. My bad. L- no. Let me Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah, so t- so I've... Tommy Novak gets dumped uh because he put the puck in the empty net or put the puck in the net after the whistle or after the game ended or whatever like half a second after. The, the only here's my mini rant. There were a lot of people. We we posted this on our social media. We posted this a lot of places and talked about oh. it just just as a way of saying, do you think that this? It was more of just to get the conversation started. Do you think that the 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 punishment of getting tripped there was worth the or was was fit the crime? I guess. Did and the a, time fit the crime? A whole lot of people think that it was definitely worth it. That he broke a rule and all this. And I just I just disagree. I think it's I think it's nonsense. I think this unwritten rule is not a kind of nonsense. I think if it's it also depends on the context, right? I think if he had oh, I don't know, shot the puck at at, a, at an opponent and hit him in the leg and injured him, right. maybe you'd deserve something. Like we saw that happen sure, a couple maybe. weeks ago. But it was like a soft little backhander that just went in the net right as time expired and gets dumped. So I just I disagreed with most people on that, and that's okay. I think, and I'm going to say this because you know I had a lot of op- opinions and feelings on this too, as people mm-hmm. were getting pretty heated on social media as they are wont to do when things like this happen. Uh, you know, if your if your argument is, well, he shot the puck in the net. Okay, so w- would that count as a shot on goal? Yes, it would count as a shot on goal. Was it a shot? Would it have been like was there injury? possible from that shot no i don't think so right um especially to a fully padded up goalie now if you're talking about like a toddler in the net (laughs) um without any gear on besides you know a diaper uh maybe they could have gotten hurt i mean they shouldn't have been out there anyway with all those skates i mean that's not safe but i think the only thing if you're talking about the potential for injury here because that's what it really comes down to is when you make the argument that he shot the puck right he could have hurt somebody because it was after the whistle. I, I get that argument in a sense. However, tripping him or slew-footing him, or whatever you want to call it, the issue here is that that could have led to an injury, right? Yeah. The problem is the only thing that that shot into the net could have hurt was that goalie's feelings. I That's true. I also have a – just there were so many people who got so mad that we referred to it as a slew-foot and – I, there's there's something about like the hockey world that people get so angry about the dumbest things. So I I, I said it was a slew foot slash trip. Now the only reason I referred to it as a slew foot, even though in the rule book a slew foot is only with your feet, I only refer to that as because it's really more about like kind of the result of what happens. A trip is not always doesn't always look like a slew foot. Almost always a trip is when the guy is going forward and he gets tripped for going forward. A slew foot typically happens from the back, right? You get your right. feet knocked out from under you. Now, this was kind of the side thing. He kind of got tripped from the side, so it really wasn't a – it doesn't matter. Did my explanation of it as a slew foot hinder your understanding of what happened? No, it didn't. But anyways, that's just, that's the mini rant is now over. Let's talk about the Vancouver game. Okay. So it, there, there there's a lot to, to unpack here because I feel like there was a lot of things that happened that deserve conversation – beyond just uh, the result, which the result was a 5-2 loss. Yeah. Vancouver Canucks come out of here with a win. 
again. Felt like yeah, again. The, <laughs> felt like the Preds had some momentum early, but then the, the, the sort of at the very end of the period, they get these two goals back to back, and then the incident that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about is Dakota Joshua goes after Jeremy Lozon because Jeremy Lozon hit Connor Garland. And then as he's kind of going back, Joshua realizes that Lozon's not going to fight him or something, or he just is skating back to the bench. McCarron goes after him and is very adamant about fighting him. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But uh, they don't let that happen, and uh, McCarron gets a game, uh, unsportsmanlike, two minutes for unsportsmanlike, and then a game misconduct kicked out of the game. Yeah. Okay, so we we said at the beginning, what do you think he said? And and so forth. I, do you want to go ahead and think? Of, give give us your theory. You you told me about a theory you had before the before the break. You want to go ahead and get into that? The uh, the, the research I did. Alex? Yeah, the research. So Alex, Sean I'm, Sean did some research. I've here. done some research. Uh, the internet is a fabulous place. It, it just it occurred to me like I don't really know a lot about Dakota Joshua. Of course, <laughs> I do know about Michael McCarron, the Gross Point native. Uh, from up there in Michigan. And when I looked up Joshua, what I learned was that he is also from Michigan uh-huh. and that they are about the same age, not the same age, but about the same age. And they both played on Honey Bay Cam teams, uh, the AAA teams up there, the very you know well-known, respected teams that you hear about in youth hockey. One of the You hear about the Little Caesars teams, you hear about Honey Baked. Those are the big ones, folks. Uh, but also – they played on the the U.S. team together, mm-hmm. um, or at least in adjacent years. They were around each other a lot growing up. So they have a history. They have a, they have a history going back of to being like together. Going back like twelve years. I yeah. Mean like they not not like a bad history, but they at least know each other and have played together. They've been for a they've, long they've time. been in the same circles from the time they were in their teens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, and I think. You know, you just, you know, like you mentioned earlier, they, they're competing for spots on those teams. You know, once you get to a certain age, you're not just there by birth year. You're there with with a variety of kids of different ages. You've got, yeah. you've got to fight for those spots. Who knows what happened in those programs? They, yeah. they could have been an incident where one got the other spot. They got mad at each other. have had bad blood ever since. This is really interesting because I, I had no idea. I didn't know anything about Dakota Joshua. I knew that he flopped earlier in the game. I didn't know that. Whoa. That was a pretty bad one. Whoa. Shots fired. Yeah, he, he, one little hit with his stick, and he just went straight down, didn't yeah. he? Uh, so, but I learning that is really interesting because it makes me think there's there were definitely some words exchanged between them, and I I wonder if if maybe Joshua Dakota Joshua two first names if he didn't think he knew what McCarran could do he knew what McCarran was packing you know what I mean and knew oh, he didn't I, want I, he didn't want that smoke that's big sexy over there yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about Dakota Joshua's like fighting history, or if he's like if he's if he's a oh. tough guy. I have no idea. I would assume he is if he was out there trying to fight Lozon, but you know, I don't know. I'm gonna look it up really quick while you're talking. Okay. <laughs> well, we also have to talk about some other other things that happened. I mean, Brunette had some interesting comments after the game. He refer he did talk about the uh, that that particular incident, uh, the the fight or the non fight, I guess. And he really just he called it. He, he said basically they lost focus. They they lost their focus. They lost control of their emotions. All of a sudden it was four to one, and five to one. And then Cody Glass gets a goal at the very end, which is where we're going to go next. Uh, now we can circle back to the McCarran thing if you want to, but we are going to talk next segment about two particular young players: Cody Glass, Thomasino, Philip Thomasino. Two curious cases right now. We're going to unpack kind of what's going on with them and hear from Andrew Burnett about last after last night, who said some interesting comments 
about those two players in particular. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. But Nashville, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, look no further than Salas Realty Group. Salas is not just about property. They're about people. They build long-lasting relationships that are about you, your needs, and your dreams. Salas Realty Group stands for trust, transparency, and community. They're committed to making a positive impact in Middle Tennessee, one home at a time. Ready to make a move? Visit Salas Realty Group today and experience real estate the Salas way. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, brought to you by Salas Realty Group and the Nashville Spartans. We are here today with, well, myself, Alex Darty, and Sean Smith here talking about the Nashville Predators. And um, so last night the Nashville Predators lost 5-2 to the Canucks. Uh, and um, we had some interesting comments last, you know, after the game from Andrew Burnett that I, I think really deserve some conversation because... You know, he he definitely called the team just that they he's described the team as having lost focus, lost control of their emotions. That's that's important. That's obviously that's a big part of what happened. But then someone asked him specifically about Cody Glass and about Philip Tomasino, and uh, I think we should probably just listen to what Bruno had to say first. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna hear from Andrew Burnett here. This is just real quick. This was his comments about Cody Glass and Philip Tomasino after last night's game. Oh, they're okay. You know, um, I thought there's some garbage time there where, where you know, they, you know, Gloucester got a good a, a goal. I'm happy for him. Hopefully that kind of makes him feel a little bit better and get his game going a little bit. I thought Tom tried all game. I thought he, you know, created some opportunities. Um, you know, so I think they're okay. I mean, I don't think anybody in our team I could really say they were really good. Just Okay. Just they were okay. They tried. They tried. Well, Tomasino tried. Yeah, Tomasino, he tried. Glass, and you know, goal did, and garbage time. They, they were okay. Not exactly a ringing endorsement of those two. Eh, I know. I mean, but at, at the end of the night, you know, a 5-2 loss, it's not <laughs> – how so positive do you want to be? Do you read that as just like those are the two names that he was addressed or, or asked about, and so he was – he would have said that about any of them? Like if you if he had asked – what do you think about Roman Yossi? You would just been like, he's okay. You know, I, I, that's a great question. I mean, those were the two. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. It was a good question. You're right. <laughs> uh, those are the two that he was asked about specifically. But I, you know, I, I did a lot of research, Alex. I started looking at the numbers mm-hmm. um, to kind of decode some of what was said. And I don't think these were like you know planned ahead, thought out comments. Like I'm going to say that they were okay. I think it was just you know like look. I, they were okay. You know, he got the goal. And I think about with, with the glass goal, you know, for me, I think the comment kind of comes down to this. I recall several years ago, Ryan Ellis coming back from injury, had a big scoring drought, didn't score any goals, finally scored a goal. It's like 20 games or something like that. I remember that he he uh, reached back and pulled the monkey off his back and threw I it off. That. I remember and that. And I, I think maybe that's, you know, hey, look, you know, he's when you get into a scoring drought like that, you haven't scored a goal in a while. Sometimes you just need a goal. doesn't matter how it comes. Your name gets on the score sheet, and that makes you feel better. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, look, when I heard that, it, the, especially the he tried, just really rings out to me. Well, that, that was that was Tomasino. Tomasino no, tried. I, I know, I know. I'm just saying he <laughs> he tried. He tried. 
is is interesting. Okay, let me just say this about Tomasino. I think if you think about two guys, if you, if you think about players as having kind of, if you, let's approach players as having kind of two ways you can assess them. You can look at the eye test. How do they look on the ice? And then you can look at the production. You can look at the actual numbers, the data. I think Tomasino, the eye test looks really good right now. Would oh, you I agree? agree? Oh, I agree. Like he he looks aggressive. He looks like he has a really high, uh, you know, work rate. Like it, it, when he gets the puck, he has a a plan. He has a he has a you know an attack mode that he goes into, and he's actually succeeding at that a number of times. Like he's not he doesn't have the production. His data is not great, but you look at him and you see a really highly you know energized guy. Cody Glass, on the other hand. I I don't see I don't see him having the eye test or the the data right now. Wow. Looking at watch, watching him on the ice, I think he has lost his confidence. Okay. Now I know the injuries. But I think he's lost his confidence. I think when he gets the puck, he has less time to do with it what than what he wants to and he is slow to make decisions. I think he and that's probably because he's not getting the puck very often. He's right. he's down on his ice time. His ice time is a little bit less, five on five ice time. Right. He's not getting the power play time he was last year. You know he 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 had a lot of power play time last year, especially late in the season. Right. Yeah. Um, by the way, I also looked at this. Any idea who Cody Glass's most common line mate was last year? Any guesses? No. Not Matt, off the top of my head. Matthew Shane. Oh. He wow. played. He played almost 300 minutes with Matthew Shane last year. His most common line mate this year is. That's not right. It is Yusuf Parsonen. Okay. And Jakob Trenin. Okay. And Philip Tomasino. Those are the those are the top three. So Parsonen's going through his own development right struggles right and sure. Jakob Trenin I think is actually a good example of a guy who kind of fa- has found it and yeah. this is what I wanted to say about Glass is. I think of Glass as kind of a he he's at a crossroads I think in terms sure. of his in terms of his development. I mean, he's only 24, but I think he's kind of got to decide what kind of player he wants to be. Not that he doesn't have a lot of options, but he he does need to kind of figure out okay, I you know, do do I want to try to really upgrade my offensive skills and become that puck possession player like a Tommy Novak or or even like a I don't know, my Kyle Granlund type, like a, a a really skilled passer that has great vision, right? Which he could do, or do I want to go the Colton Systems route and just be the most tough nosed physical center on the on the dot in the middle, penalty kill, beat you to pucks, Cole Smith type, McCarran type, like that kind of guy? Yeah, because I do think he has to pick. I think you're right. Uh, you can't. You can't. I don't know that he can be both. I don't think he can be both. I think he's not. He's he's not quite that level of. He's not a Patrice Bergeron level. You know. Yeah. He's not a Mark Scheifele who he idolized growing up. Like he's he's just he's a great talent. I just think he's he's at the point where like he needs to pick kind of like what he wants to be. And you know you know I I'm a big Cody Glass fan. Right. Love the guy. Yeah. Love talking to him. He's one of my favorite guys to talk in that locker room. Yeah. I just think he's. He's struggling right now, and he needs to find it. You know, I think it's, and I really hope he does. I hope he, I hope he figures out kind of what kind of player he's going to be, and uh, is able to overcome that. Yeah. What are your I, thoughts? I I agree, and I'll I'll address the Cody Glass situation first. I think I think the biggest thing with Glass, you know, I went back and I looked at, and if if you recall, uh, twenty one, twenty two, regular season AHL. 
Cody Glass uh, had the most points for the Admirals over up in Milwaukee with, with 62 points. He did that with a, a shooting percentage of 8.5, which I thought was, was interesting because – Was it a lot of volume, shooting a lot? Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of shots. Yeah. And then when I look over at what he's done – this season, as well as last season, he's he's just not shooting as much. Yeah, he's, um, shots are down. But even last season, 72 games, 131 shots. I mean, shooting percentage of, of 10.5, maybe. I think that's about right. Ten and a half. I think he's probably yeah. a 10, 10% shooter. Right now. And yeah. again, a small sample size, four. Yeah, I know. It's bad. He's tw- Look at this. He has 23 shots on the, on the year. And he's only yeah. 14 games. Luke Shin has 13. Yeah. <laughs> it's That should tell you something. In 13 games. Yeah. He's, he's, mm. So, yeah, he needs more shots. But that, that goes back to the issue. Like, he's not getting the puck enough. I think he's probably being used – I mean, he, he's – like we just said, his, his line mates are Parsonen and Trennan. He's getting a lot right. of defensive he is. draws. And he's he kind of last year kind of became a guy that was more of a I'm going to play against the, the top forwards and try right. to shut him down. He Remember that Cody, uh, Connor McDavid game, the yeah. Oilers? He did a great job in that great game. Great job. Um. But I wonder if you know if the, the the pressure to become a more offensive forward. You know, he's got two points now in the season, right? He's got a goal and assist, and just yeah. barely got that goal last night. Yeah. So I wonder if the pressure to become an offensive playmaker type, being that two way guy, is just too much for him right now, especially overcoming the injuries he's coming had to back from an injury. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't want to just skip over Tomasino either. Uh, yeah, go, you had some stuff on Tomasino. I, I got, I got a little. I mean, we we can squeeze it in. It's yeah. just if if you look back, I like looking back at what happened in in Milwaukee. I think it's it's interesting. Tomasino back in uh, 22, 23, um, 38 games, thirty two points, uh, shooting percentage, thirteen. Yeah, you know, doing doing pretty well. If you look in Nashville. Uh, this this season in particular, shooting percentage of five and five and a quarter, it's much lower. But on thirty eight shots, however, it's interesting. He does get a lot of of uh, high danger chances, mm-hmm. a lot of expected goals. But yeah. that's that's the thing. When he says he's he he was trying, he tried. I think that's <laughs> what he means is he's he's creating. It's just not he's not finishing. And yeah, I think I wonder, that's the major concern. I wonder if Bruno's he tried is maybe a knock on other guys. <laughs> it could be. He's saying, "Well, hey, he tried. Yeah. I don't know about everybody else." Yeah, um, I, I right now I'm not as much worried about Tomasino. I, mean, I know his his scratch situation. He's he's been scratched a few times. I wonder if that kind of thing is coming up for Glass too, because but they don't want to scratch him because he's just he needs the ice time because he's coming back from that injury. coming back from injury and it's well, just, it just he needs to get that shoulder right. He needs to get his his legs right. I mean, it's just. The guy needs a lot of times, and and that's that cha- that's the big challenge of the NHL. And both of these guys are playing under a new coach and a new system. Yeah. So I mean, that's part. that's a change too. You know, the style that yeah. was being played last year, totally different than what's happening this year. Yeah. So maybe there's just some growing pain, especially as they're younger guys. There's another thing I wanted to mention about about Tomasino uh, that we can talk about, and then we'll also talk about the defense. I think the defense is just in such a weird place right now. It is. And a couple things that I think need to happen in order to re- recover, in order to normalize it, I guess, in, in a way. So right. we'll talk about that when we come back. Yeah. Uh, as we look ahead to the next Predator Showdown, it's the perfect time to plan your future in Nashville. Salus Realty Group is ready to assist, ensuring your real estate goals are met with the determination of a playoff chase. Visit salusrealtygroup.com and let's start mapping out your game plan. Salus Realty Group, where every closing is a championship victory. 
Nashville, join the Nashville Spartans, the hockey sensation of the city. Experience thrilling games, family-friendly fun, and unity. Visit NashvilleSpartansHockey.com slash tickets. And also, right now, you can get 50% off your ticket by using the promo code PBR50. So go to a game down there at the Gary Forts Acura Arena. Gary Forts Acura Ice Arena. Down there in Nolansville. See the Nashville Spartans. Use PBR50. Get 50% off your ticket. Don't miss the excitement. Be a part of Spartans Hockey today. All right. So just to wrap up this conversation about Tomasino and Glass, um, is there is there anything else that's kind of affecting you think Tomasino's you know ability to to get going like on the scoreboard? I th- I think the production aspect comes down to one one other really big thing, and that's when I look back and I look at say Milwaukee numbers and what's happening in Milwaukee. You have to understand that that both of those players are getting a lot more power play time in Milwaukee than they're getting in Nashville, especially mm. Tomasino. You know he's he's paying, playing on the power play, but he's not on the first unit. He's on the second unit, and as this this first power play unit, I think is fairly loaded. That's not a unit, that second unit, one that they want to bring out unless they absolutely have to. So I think he's seeing his power play minutes take a, you know, take a hit when it comes to com- compared to Milwaukee. So I think that's probably one of the reasons he's not up there as much. Yeah, I. The other thing I was going to say about Cody Glass is, you know, he had to he, he had a lot of things he was wanting to improve from last year, and one was his faceoffs. I think he's improved him a little bit, but I think he's had to work so hard at doing that that it's taking away from the, the yeah. rest, everything else he has to do. I mean, the center is the hardest position to play in, in terms of skaters. Yeah. You have to do so much. You have to you have to defend and attack in the middle of the ice. you got to take face-offs. You have to take on the biggest players on the other yeah. team. I mean, it's, it's tough. The, the defensive responsibilities of a, of a center are it's fairly huge. large. I yeah, mean, that's, they're really important. And you, you, have to, you have to make quick decisions. It's hard. So he's he's got a tough task, and so um, I I do hope that he's able to to figure it out. And, and Tom Cino, like I said, I'm not as, not as worried about him. But let's switch to the defense because, you know, I've said a couple times here that I think the defense is in a strange situation. Here's the situation: you got one player who is basically on the way out. He's he's like walking out right. the door. I mean, just Tyson Berry. Whenever that trade happens, which it can't happen right now because there's a roster freeze, but. Whenever that happens, it needs to happen. <laughs> right. Tyson Berry doesn't want to be here anymore, right? Unfortunately. So, there's, so that's, there's that. You've got uh, Luke Shin, yep. who is not playing well. Well, I mean, he's <laughs> he, he tried. <laughs> just like Tomasino. Right? Yeah, I mean, he does. He's trying out there. He certainly does try. But I just think Luke Shin right now is not he's, – he's not a top four guy. He's a he's a if you protect him and he's in the bottom role and he's has a role that's pretty limited, I think I think I can see it. But only if you pair him with another guy who I think should be playing more, and that's Dante Fabro. Right, and, and I, you know, here's the thing, I, and you you see this kind of this kind of circle of of scratching going on, and I don't mean like a cool thing where everybody's scratching each other's backs, Alex. Yeah, uh, what I'm talking about is one guy is is I would say sitting the bench, but I mean they're actually. They're not. They're not sitting the bench. They're not even on the ice. Yeah. There's one guy that's not playing every night unless they decide to go seven D, which they haven't done yeah. in a while. Um, and it, it seems like it's switching between Dante Fabro, Tyson Berry, uh, Alex Carrier. But but Shin has been out there. He's been playing. And I, I want. I looked at the numbers, and you know we've talked a lot uh, over the the time we've spent together covering this hockey team. I'm not a numbers guy. Right, I'm a big believer, a firm believer in the eye test. You hate numbers. I, I can't. I don't even know what they look like most of the time. <laughs> Who needs math? What's it good for? But here's the thing: um, 
I looked at the numbers, and once somebody explained what they were, here's here's what I found out, and this this is this is surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna be shocked. You know, I, it seems like most of the guys are playing about how they normally play, you know, over the course of their careers. But there's one stat that I that really stood out to me here, and I'm going to tell you what it is. It's giveaways and takeaways. Yep. Because when I think about a, a defender, when I think about defenders a lot, my my son's a defender. I got to think about this all the time. Giveaways are a, a giveaways are a big deal. When yeah. when you've got the puck, um, chances are you know it could be you're either down by your own goal defending mm-hmm. or you're uh, right there at the blue line in the offensive zone, and yep. you're uh, the other guys are taking it and they're going to get a breakaway. And those are bad ones, and you don't want that. No. So you know, I looked. Okay, so for example, Tyson Berry seven giveaways this season, right? Seven giveaways, two takeaways. Okay, not terrible. Alex Carrier eight giveaways, four takeaways. Okay, not not terrible. Dante Fabro twenty four giveaways. Okay. Five takeaways. Okay, that's, that's a that's, that's a big difference between okay. the other fellas. Sure, sure. I mean, I would be interested to see what they look like minutes wise. I mean, I, I mean, I, Tyson Berry's not playing the same minutes, average time per minutes. Like ice time is a big part of that. Well, sure, right. And then situation. I mean, Dante Fabro plays a lot on the power play. Those guys don't. I'm sorry, penalty kill. Sorry, right. penalty kill. Fabro plays a lot on the penalty kill. Those guys don't. I, I'm just saying, like, you're you're right. But here, here's, here's, I you know, I teased that we were I, what changes we need to see. Right. We know we know the Tyson Berry trade needs to happen. That needs to happen as soon as they can possibly make it happen. Because right. It's just it's just causing this weird situation to be worse. Oh, it's weird. Here, here's the six four the six defensemen that need to play on this team, and it, this is the order in the ice time that they need to play. Okay. Okay. Let's Roman Yossi needs to be number one. Always. Ryan McDonough needs to be number two, and and I'm okay with those flip flopping, but those two need to play a lot. I think third is Fabro, and that's because just based on what I've seen, his numbers wise, I, or just eye test alone, it tells me that he's playing really well. I understand that the, the t- takeaways, giveaways stuff. It's just it was just something I noticed. But you know, you could you can make this. People made the same argument about PK Subban when he was here. A lot of giveaways, but the the on the other side of the ice, he was doing a lot of doing a lot of stuff that was good. After that, Carrier, and after that is Spencer Stastny. <laughs> Okay. Who, the guy who's not in Nashville right now. He's in Milwaukee right now. I think right he now. needs to be up in, Nash- in, okay. in Nashville. And then after that is Luke Shin. Luke Shin needs to be the sixth most ice time on this team in terms of defense. Okay. They're not going to bench him. They're paying him a lot of money to play. They are. You're right. So the, you, you've, you're going to have to just work with that. But he does not need to be he, – he needs to be the sixth option and then every now and then sit a night. Let, let me let me say something here All right. because it wasn't just those numbers I looked at, and that's that's what's okay. interesting. It's actually it's numbers that have nothing to do with what they're doing on the ice at all. Okay. I also went to look over at Cap Friendly. Yeah. To take a look at their contracts, there are currently three defenders on the Preds rosters, on the Preds roster who have contracts that expire at the end of the season. Do you know who they are? Th- th- say that again. Three defensemen. There are three defenders. Yes. Yeah. Whose contracts expire at the end of so the season? Dante Fabro, Alex Carrier, I know, and then the other would be it's Tyson, Tyson Berry. Berry. Yeah. Of course. And those are the three that seem to be in that yeah. scratching circle, I which I don't know if that's the name for it. That seems kind of weird. Scratching circle. I'll stop using that. <laughs> I'm getting a weird image in my mind, but still, you know, uh, you, you got to think these are guys that they have to make a decision on. Is this someone you want to keep around, especially Fabro, who's a restricted free agent? Because as a restricted free agent, I feel like he's he's a little more interesting to other teams if you were going to make a trade. I think it would be a mistake 
to of those three to keep only Alex Carrier. Either keep well, I, I mean, if I'm picking between those three, one to sign to, to, uh, at least you know for the next year or two, right? It's Fabro, right? I just think he's a better he's a better a better development path. He has a better he's a better ceiling. He's a better player right now. I think he's younger. He's younger. I mean, Barry to me. I mean, obviously Barry's out. Like he's he's gone. He doesn't want. It doesn't seem like he. That's wants not going to happen. But I would pick Fabro over Carrier for sure. And I think if you have a, a defense with Dante Fabro and Spencer Stastny, and then you know in the next following years you've got guys like Tanner Mullendyke and Ryan Ufko. I don't know it, it, these these prospects that it could come up. Bartel Geizo. These are guys that could make the defense better. And right. I just think that they need to they need to make that happen. Well, I, and I, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I think, you know, when, when I look at the way, and this is not something I do all the time, but when I look at the way these contracts work out defense-wise, like it's very clear Roman Yossi is going to be here forever. He uh-huh. can't leave. No. He has a no-movement contract yeah. clause. He can't move. He can't leave. He's stuck here. Even if he doesn't want to be here, he's here. Or maybe that's not how Same that Same thing works. with McDonough. Same thing with McDonough. He's... Even though you're like, well, his contract's not as long. It's it's just two years shorter than yeah. than Yossi's. And then Luke Shin and Jeremy Lazan are both here. The same amount of time that McDonough is as well. The other guys, they could be gone after this year. You could create a lot of room on this team for younger talent coming up by trading, not re-signing. And it also depends on what you get back in a trade. I know that I've heard there's not a lot of trade partners who have the room to take on a contract yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, to where Trotz has said he may have to, you know, bring somebody back, and he's willing to do that if it's the right piece or the right person. So, yeah, it's it's really but interesting to me. I, I think the 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 real takeaway here is that the defense is in a weird place because they've got this Tyson Berry situation, and then you have you have matchups like Tyson Berry and Luke Shen do not need to be on the ice together. That does not need to be a pairing. No. no. That pair makes no sense. You need to have Luke Shin paired with a good, solid, young defenseman who can unleash their potential. Someone like a Fabro right. or a Carrier, I'd be fine with that. Stastny would be the better option. Just let them let them grow in that in that role. And then Yossi McDonough, and then you know, you pair the other two together. So I just think I, there's there's a lot there's a lot going on with the defense that doesn't make a lot of sense, and I think that once they get the Tyson Berry situation sorted out, it will fall into place. Yeah. But let me let me just say it's a couple of weeks away, Alex. The the Stastny thing that you mentioned that that's really intriguing to me because you take someone with the the skating skill of Stastny, pair yeah. him with, pair him with someone like Shen. Yeah. You know, uh, sheltered minutes, I guess you could say, but he's going to have to take on a much more, uh, you know, he's going to have to be a lot more offensively responsible i think as well stastny stastny that's that's exactly what you want him someone who can skate like he can that's what you want them doing you want them improving not just as a defender who's just going to stay back or is sitting on the on the penalty kill but somebody who's going to have a lot of offensive responsibility as well he's yeah he's built for that yeah i think i think stastny and shin would make would make sense together especially because stastny could Maybe even get some power play time if, sure. if uh, the situation arises. I don't see why you know, not. You never know. And then you got Yossi McDonough, and then you got Fabro and Lozon. I keep forgetting about Lozon. <laughs> That's the guy. I knew I was forgetting someone earlier, but Lozon is the guy that needs to be in there to play that third bottom pairing with either Carrier or Fabro in the meantime. So, um, yeah, the defense is in a weird place, but um, I think that's 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 what's going on right now. I think we need to we need to be 
waiting for that Barry shoe to drop. So that will happen soon enough. After we come back, we're going to preview the next week or so, uh, and then we'll do the three-on-three draft. As uh, everyone knows, we finish off with the show with that. But look, if you're trying to buy a home, it can be a really stressful experience. It's a huge decision, and there's so many things to consider and analyze, but with experienced real estate professionals at Silas Realty Group, you can find your dream home in the most vibrant, dynamic city in the world, Nashville. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, investor, or selling your property, Salus Realty Team guides you every step of the way. They have intimate knowledge of Nashville's neighborhoods, schools, and market trends. They will match you with the perfect home to suit your lifestyle and needs. If you want to get started, go to salusrealtygroup.com and experience real estate the Salus way. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group and the Nashville Spartans. We got a couple texts to read. You want to read those, Sean? Read it up. All right. First of all, we have a, a text from Billy from Bellevue. Is this the end of the heater? Tough spot to bar night. We're on the road against the Flyers, then Dallas. Could be two losses, and then the Hurricanes come to town. So that actually is a great segue into preview the next little bit because they do play the Philadelphia Flyers tomorrow night, and then Dallas. On Saturday, That's and then true. next Wednesday, the Hurricanes. Is this the end of the heat? That's a good question. I, I don't think so. I mean, and I think I think people are having a really negative reaction to one loss. In my opinion. Wow. Okay. Billy from Billy, he's just asking. <laughs> he's just asking. It's a good question. It's, Alex. A, question, it's a question you got to ask. I do not think it's the end of the heater, but you know, you weren't gonna you weren't gonna win. You know, have an eighty percent win percentage or point percentage the rest of the season just wasn't no. gonna happen so you're gonna you're gonna lose there I, I what i think is probably gonna happen i think they're gonna go through a little bit of a win one lose one win two lose two kind of thing it's okay just get back to normal kind of on the uh where they were you know where, where we kind of expected them to be it's okay. so so i guess billy yes it, it probably is the end of the heater but i don't think that means that they're gonna plummet or anything uh we also have a texture that says is the knuckle puck a legal shot and if so should more teams try it to my knowledge, it, it is a legal shot. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, good luck having the time to get it set up, <laughs> right? And yeah. plus, you, you try something cute like that, huh? You get people trip to the ice like yeah, Tommy Novak. Yeah, goodness gracious. Wow. Speaking of uh, the next Wednesday show against Carolina, that means that we will not have a show next Wednesday. That's true. So no show next Wednesday. Our next show will be January third of so the new the new year twenty twenty four January third twenty twenty four. That'll wow. be. Our next show. Um, now, the uh, just to wrap up a couple thoughts about the Preds. Um, I and th- this is kind of goes into what we were just talking about. You know, I this people did I think over as overstate how big of a loss the Vancouver loss was. Yeah, I, I think part of it is yeah. like the Vancouver keeps beating the Preds. Yeah, and it, it was it was a uh, it was a it was a sucky game. Let's just be it was real. sucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. Uh, so I, I think you know they, but those games do happen. You know they, they were it was a strange game. There's some cr- cr- crazy bounces too, so don't get too worried about that. Yeah. I think let's see how they go against uh, against Philadelphia because they have a decent goalie right now. They yeah. have decent defense. They've they've been playing well. They got a good good players. But the Preds did beat them last time they played, so uh, they can do it. I think they can do it again. And then uh, yeah, Dallas coming into town. Matt Duckany's return. Oh, old Mac Duckany's back old in town. Duchene. So we'll see Duchene here in Nashville Saturday, and then yeah, the, the the little winter break, no games, and then Wednesday against Carolina. But speaking of winter and holidays, Sean, we've got 
a three-on-three draft. Oh, let's get it started. I'm excited. So this is the part of the show where we draft something. Today we are drafting holiday traditions. Okay. Now this is a very open-ended draft. I left it that way intentionally. I do not care if they're real traditions, if they're something you do, if something something else does, if they're something okay. that someone else does or whatever, or if it's like just something that's generic and and you know something that everyone would know. We're drafting holiday traditions. Okay, holiday traditions. And uh, did I go last first last week? I can't remember. I think I went first last week. Okay, so it's my turn to go yeah. first. So I'm go gonna, ahead. I'm going to go first. Go ahead. My number one draft pick in the holiday traditions is We Go Downstairs Together. Okay, so let me explain that. Uh, every Christmas morning, <laughs> every Christmas morning, you know, you've got the, the presents downstairs underneath in the tree. And right. Santa comes overnight, right? Yes. Well, you don't just you don't get to just like sneak down yourself and see what's under there and then come back upstairs. Right, yeah, sure. Everyone in my house all gathers at the top of the stairs. This was when I was, you know, younger growing up. This yeah. is what we do now with my daughter, and we go downstairs together and we right. all go to the tree That's together. That's nice. So we don't just like one person runs down, "Oh, what did I get? What did I get?" and then, you know, we we go downstairs together. That's what I call it. I like that one. That's good. Let me tell okay. you my first one. Um, <clears throat> first, let me just say this. I got I got a shout out wish a very happy birthday to my 14-year-old daughter. Just had her birthday on Monday. Um, but at the same time, there's another tradition that, that is uh, takes place around the same time. 20 years ago today, Alex, 20 years ago today, my now wife and I went on our first date. And one of the things we did was we and went... And she regrets it ever since. Well, that that's hurtful. <clears throat> Those are your <laughs> words, not hers. Uh, we... We went, while we were on our date, we went and walked around the Opryland Hotel. Just walking around, holding hands, talking, yeah, having a good time. And now, every year, around Christmas, it just depends on when we could do it. It's not always the day of. Yeah. We will go back with our kids and walk around Opryland Hotel. That's awesome. I like that a yeah, lot. That's, that's cool. That's a good one. Yeah, that, that's it. And and uh, it's a fun place to walk around, too. It's, if it's if cool. you have a ticket, didn't yeah. used to need one. Right. All right, so my second one is, my second pick in the Holiday Traditions draft is the Christmas Eve Movie Watch. I like that. Okay, the Christmas Eve Movie Watch. Now, it doesn't matter what movie. Any movie is fine. Some people watch, you know, The Grinch or It's a Wonderful Life. That's a big one. Yeah. You don't want to know what, you want to know what we watch in my house? Sure. The Sound of Music. Well, nothing wrong with that. It's a great, it's a great film. Very long, but it's awesome. Yeah. So we've watched that every Christmas Eve for as long as I can remember. That's that's a nice. I like that. So that's my second pick is the Christmas Eve movie watch. All right. Do you do a sing along with that? Does everybody sing? Oh yeah, that's it's good time. Best best music. Okay, so our next, my next tradition, and this is a fun one, is that every Christmas after the kids are done unwrapping everything, mm-hmm. we take a picture of the aftermath of just boxes oh, okay. and wrapping paper and just the chaos that has ensued over the course of the morning. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. It, I time. mean, is it like the the room? Like you take a picture of the room, or you don't just like the kids are buried in, okay. in wrapping paper. Okay. It's just, it's insanity. That's awesome. That's yeah. a good one. It's a good one. Um, okay, my um, my third pick, and I might we don't have time to do some some uh, some honorable mentions. My third pick is the awkward gift exchange. Or, sorry, <laughs> the awkward gift card exchange with your cousins, where it's like. 
Hey, I got you a $25 gift card. Oh, I got you a $25 gift card. Okay, now oh. we're done. That's it. Or even siblings. I've tipped my brother. It's wow. like, here's a, I got you this gift card. Oh, that's you got me the same gift card. Wow, thanks. Appreciate it. That's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe I should like this is a great opportunity for you to get to know your family better. It's a tradition. Yeah. <laughs> the awkward gift card exchange. I guess it could be with anyone. The awkward gift card exchange is always like it's just part of it. You got oh, yeah. you have to buy something for them. You don't know what to buy. It happens. It's just here's a tw- here's a $25 gift card to Applebee's. Be honest, it was just easier and everybody smoked. You could just buy a pack of cigarettes or a carton. That's true. Yeah. All right. Alex, last one. I, I want to clarify it's an aerial shot. Of the uh, of the aftermath. Oh, got it. Okay, got it. I have been corrected. What do you get the the drone out? <laughs> no, it's around? just it's we've got eight foot ceilings. I just you have a helicopter. You know, just hold it up high. Do a point five. All right, last one. Uh, so every year we put out a nativity scene, right? Okay, yeah. Pretty, I mean, I think a lot of people do. Sure, sure. However, uh, we do it with a little twist because you know Jesus wasn't born until Christmas, right? So okay. you have this nativity scene out that's just historically inaccurate because Jesus is there on like oh, the fifth. Oh, I see. I see. I see. So we play this game called Where's Jesus? And oh, okay. what we do is we take the Christ child <laughs> and we hide him somewhere. Now, it's not like impossible to find Jesus because, well, yes, he's in your heart. He's also hidden somewhere in the house. Okay. Uh-huh. And you've got to find him. And when you find him, you have to sh- shout out as loud as possible, I found Jesus! Ah, and then it, be- it falls to you to hide Jesus. Now, of course, I got it. this game goes on until the Christ child must be returned to his no crib for a bed <laughs> in time for Christmas Day. That is that is an interesting tradition. I, I guess I hadn't thought about the fact that, well, we won't go into it, but it, the, 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 the Jesus not being born on, until Christmas right. and being there on the... And yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. It's all about the anticipation, Alex. Okay, so my three picks are we go downstairs together, Christmas Eve movie watch, awkward gift exchange with your cousins, and yours were... Of course, we <laughs> we started with the, uh, the anniversary of our first date trip yep. to Opryland, yep. the aerial aftermath photograph, and of course, where's Jesus? Okay, all right. So who wins, Connor? This might be the hardest draft I think I've ever had to pick a winner. Oh, wow. Okay. It's pretty evenly matched. But it is the season of giving, and I have been a little hard on Sean lately. <laughs> so Sean don't, wins. Don't, no, don't do it just because you've been hard on me recently. Hey, take the win. Take do the you win. want the win or not? Yeah, I do want the win, the win but I, I want to deserve the win. <laughs> you deserve the win. I, okay. yeah. You're number one I do heart. like your second Thank one. You. The, the, the tradition about taking the picture, that's great. That's I fun. Like that. I might that's, add that to that's, ours. That's a good time. Can I add my – I have an uh, honorable mention. You, you got a minute. The tradition of obsessively checking your credit card balance. That's that's not just reserved for Christmas. <laughs> that's a daily. That's that was a, today. That's a daily. That was today. That's a Tuesday. Every, every morning when I wake up, face ID. <laughs> it just re- it recognizes me crying. But but Christmas or the the holiday season really tends to bring it out because it's oh, like yeah, there's no. so many th- purchases that go through that thing gets yeah. used it's like rough. crazy. It's rough. Yeah, it is rough. All right, um, all right. Congratulations on your win, Sean. Thank. Well, you know I. Hopefully it wasn't just uh, a pity win. Consider it my gift to you this There you season. go. Today is the last. Can't even enjoy it. That is the last Penalty Box Radio Live show of the 2023 calendar year. We will be back on January 3rd to start a new season. Not a new season, but a new year of Penalty Box Radio Live. Talking about the Nashville Predators and all kinds of other stuff, too. We really appreciate you listening. Of course, we're brought to you by Nashville Spartans and the Salus Realty Group. We'll see everyone next year, Sean. See ya. Thank you very much. Appreciate you listening.